Women Taking the Lead, Episode 25. I can climb out of my depression if I change my thinking. If I say to myself, I can do it, I can do it. Then I change my thinking so that I can become proactive. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Christy Monson, who has a bachelor's degree in child development and psychology from Utah State University and a master's degree in counseling psychology and marriage and family therapy from the University of Nevada at Las Vegas. She established a successful counseling practice in Las Vegas, and she loves to write and enjoys adding positive energy to the world. I am with you there, Christy. (laughs) Now, that's only a little intro for everyone, so tell us more about you and your humble beginnings. Well, Jody, thank you so much for having me. It's just a wonderful opportunity to be with you. I love that you are a champion for women. I just don't think there's anything more important in the world to do. So kudos to you and thank you for having um, this podcast. I do appreciate it. Well, my story, um, to go back to my beginnings, I was raised by my grandmother. Uh, My grandmother was a widow when my mother was about six, widowed when my mother was about six, and my mother was widowed when I was about six. And so we are two generations of widows, and my mom, of course, had to go back to work. And so so I was uh, raised by my grandma. And, uh, of course, being in that situation, we were just in a, in a female situation. I knew nothing about relationships or marriage. I had no clue. And then the lessons that I learned from my grandmother were things like she was a sweet, wonderful, caring person, but... Back in the in the 30s, when she was uh, she was learning her lessons in life, she she taught me things like, don't ever make waves. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. And when we would be at the dinner table, um, and she, someone would say, what would you like? She would say, oh, just give me the whatever you have the most of, or I'll eat the leftovers. When we were cleaning the house, she'd always say, just clean things up so it looks like you were never there. So in all of these little mantras that she would say to me, she was teaching me to to surround myself with with an invisible shield. So it was as if I was to just kind of tiptoe around and not make any waves or do anything. So, So as I grew and got into my own relationship, I, number one, didn't know anything about relationships with my husband. We had not seen a marriage relationship, and I was invisible. So my husband was outgoing and gregarious and a wonderful teacher, and I was home with little kids. And the precipitating event came when our youngest baby was born at 24 weeks. I had a placenta previa, and she was 1 pound 12 ounces. And so there was a lot of tension surrounding her birth, and and, and she's fine. She's grown, and she's great. She's She's in her 30s now, and she's got her own family. She's got two little boys of her own that are just darling. But this was a time with a lot of tension and stress in my life, and I got pneumonia, and I just couldn't get out of bed. And so really to recap how I was, I was lonely in my marriage. I felt overwhelmed with my kids. I had the pressure of an infant that was clinging to life. I I couldn't even get out of bed. 
So my husband made an appointment for us to go see a, a, a counselor, a counselor but, but it was a male therapist, and, and he was a very nice man, but he just told me there was nothing wrong with my life. My life was good. So there I was, not only sick, I was depressed, and I was at the lowest of my lows, so I couldn't get out of bed because I was sick with pneumonia, but I also couldn't get out of bed because I was depressed. So that was the beginning of me needing to turn my life around and be a little bit more proactive. So I was sharing this with my mom one day, and she said, well, just go find your own therapist. And, and, and this is counsel that I would give to everyone. Look around. If you're going to go to therapy, please find someone that you like, that you connect with, that's good for you. So I did find a, a sweet lady. At the, it was a professor at the University of Nevada that was just wonderful, and she was so good. All she needed to do was listen to me. And I began to lay off my invisibility shield, and I took charge of my family, and and I began to write in my spare time. And after all the kids were in school, why, why we had some financial difficulties, and I knew I would have to go back to work. And because I'd had this wonderful therapist, I decided that I would um, go back and get my master's degree and become a therapist myself. Well, this was another kind of a scary jumping off place in my life because I hadn't talked to anybody over the age of six for, I don't know, it felt like 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> And so I had to, and I had to take statistics. I had to pass the GRE. And so, and so as I got into this program, I came just my, my, I overcame my fear just one little tiny step at a time. And I did finish my master's degree and, and soon opened my own counseling practice and, and had four therapists working under me. So I, so I did establish a successful business, but because of the low points that I'd reached in my life, when women came in to see me, I knew where they were. I could understand the path that they'd been on. I, and so we could, we could talk about things. And, and I, I think it's important as a therapist, you never say, oh, I know what you're going through. You always have to say, I, I can hear what you're saying. But if you haven't walked that path, you don't really know. And I had walked the path, and I, so I did know about some of the things, not, not of course, some of the abuse issues that we dealt with. But, but I did have a, a, just a wonderful time in my practice. I'm retired now. But it was just, it was just uh, enlightening for me. And the thing that I came to find out is that every relationship that we have in life is, should be synergistic. It should make us better than we are. So I, I, I encourage everyone to look for relationships that are synergistic, that will help you become better than yourself so that the two of you, whatever your relationship is, it's going to make both of you just awesomely wonderful, better than you, better than you could have been on your own. I've got a good friend that I go to lunch with. Well, I have quite a few good friends that I go to lunch with, but what, the one I'm thinking of in particular, we just tell each other we're not in charge of the world and we laugh and giggle together and we have so much fun. So she makes me better than I would be had I been on my own. And I make her better than, than she would have been on her own. And so I, I think it's important for your listeners to keep that in mind. The other thing that I learned is that thinking determines your feelings. And so if I can, I can climb out of my depression, if I change my thinking, if I say to myself, I can do it, I can do it, then I change my thinking so that I can become proactive. And when I retired, I wanted to write a resource book that would be um, 
a, a tribute to my clients because I really learned a lot from my clients and my clients learned a lot from me. We did have synergism in what we did, did and I loved, I loved, loved, loved that. It was wonderful. So I wrote my Becoming Free book after I retired as a tribute to them and um, to be able to help women with things like becoming more proactive in your life, laying aside your procrastination, being able to make decisions, which, of course, I couldn't do in the beginning. And and so be, uh, working through depression, communication, all of those kinds of things. Uh, so I just have come to a place where I feel peaceful and wonderful in my life because of the steps that I've taken to get there. Chrissy, that's really powerful. And there was something you said that really um, struck me was um, when you talked about feeling invisible and how you were raised um, as a young girl. Um, And I got some similar mantras (laughs) as a young child as well. And I think a lot of us have heard some of them, you know, don't, you know, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. And I remember um, I was so shy when I was younger that I also um, would just leave things looking as if I'd never been there, Uh right? If I used anything, it went back, you know, beds were made. I didn't want any, I don't know what the thinking was. I didn't want anyone to be burdened by my presence. Um, and I didn't want to call attention to myself, um, to the point where I trained myself to breathe silently. So people would forget I was there. And I remember sometimes like people (laughs) sitting in the, the front of a car would say after a road trip, like if we'd been on the road for like 15 minutes would say to me, Oh my God, Jody, I forgot you were even in the car. (laughs) Because I wasn't talking and I was breathing so quietly that I wasn't making a peep. So that really resonated with me. Now, luckily, in my later high school years and the beginning of my college experience, that all changed. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) And life has been much different since then. But wow, you've had a lot of successes in your life. You've really turned um, those younger years experiences and the early years in your marriage around And you've definitely gained some confidence, but take us back to a time when you were playing small, maybe another, another story that you may not have been aware that you were playing small at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Well, the, uh, the really big turnaround in my life was, um, was that one where I was sick and I was depressed. That was, that was really the huge one in my life, but there have been other times when I have been playing, when I've played small and a lot of, and some of those came in the beginning of my um, master's degree, where I where I got into the, uh, in my internship, where I played small. I was at a, uh, a behavioral facility, uh, taking over a group one time, and really I let the clients complete or the patients completely run over me, because I didn't have enough confidence to stand up for myself and and speak my mind. And so there were several times where I was knocked back down like that. And I had this wonderful supervisor who was my therapist, and she was so good with me. Okay, Christy, you've got to step back and look at how this went. And she had a videotape of it so I could see myself playing that invisible invisibility role again. And I had to, and so the next time I went in to, to lead the group, I was in charge and I knew it and I, and I was more assertive in what I did. And so as I 
as I work through this, it just came little steps at a time. This assertiveness is not something that that you and and I can hear that when you were in college, you kind of enveloped yourself with a, a little more assertiveness, Quokin. And I did that when I was in my master's degree. I got better and better and better at standing up, at confrontation, at being able to work through the things I needed to. How great that you got that feedback in real time where somebody caught it, told you about it, and you were able to take the steps. Now, they may have been baby steps, but that's okay. I, you yes. know, I completely agree with you that, no, this does not change overnight. <laughs> you know, you can't live how many years living life one way and expect that you're going to be a completely different person just because it's been pointed out to you that, you know, you're being passive, you're letting other people take control. It takes small steps um, to, to shift that. Um, and you need some small wins to build up the confidence to keep the change going. And it sounds like you got that. That's amazing. Well, and another another kind of cute thing is my husband and I joke about it now because he'll I'll I'll say to he'll say to me he'll ask me a question and I give him an answer and he'll say now that's an answer from your present life. He said you would have never said that in your past life. And so we have this <laughs> joke about my present life and my past life. <laughs> Almost like you were two different people. Exactly. Exactly. So I always tell people, if I can get out of this, anybody can get out of this because I really was, I felt like I was the lowest of the low. So I just do encourage your clients or your listeners just day by day, one small step at a time to pull yourself out of this. Now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Well, I, I, I don't know that I can say just one dramatic one. For me, it was just one tiny step at a time. And this sweet, loving university pre- professor that was my therapist was so good with me. And she, and so she would watch me when I was in the booth and she would say, now, now, how could you have handled that better? Or what could you have done differently? Or if you had said this, what would have been the outcome? And so I can't go back to one time, one dramatic incident. I have to just say, it was one small step at a time, day after day after day, for me to change. It wasn't anything. Maybe, well, here's one. Maybe I can say, sorry, I just cut myself off and... and <laughs> <laughs> Go for okay. it. Okay, and this I want to use as my, as my final um, little mantra that I say. But I had another therapist say to me one time, uh, when he was doing a co- we were doing a group as co-therapists together, he said... We teach other people how to treat us. And as I was sitting in group, my goodness, that just kind of rocked my socks off me. Uh, but I have I internalized that at that moment and have since then always I go back and reflect, how am I teaching other people to treat me? If my breath is so quiet that you can't even hear it and you don't even know that's there, how am I teaching other people to treat me? If I can be assertive and say, hey, um, I have something to say about that. How am I teaching other people to treat me? I think that's an important message that we need all to internalize. Amen. And there was something else um, that hit me when you were talking because it seems as if several of your wake-up calls have come from therapists, educators, and mentors in your life who were just holding up a mirror to you. 
and just pointing out like not like without judgment, just pointing out, do you realize you're doing this? Um, and how valuable that has been in your life to have people who were in a position where it was okay for them to give you that kind of feedback and you took it and did something with it. Yeah, that's that. I, th- I think that's so good in my in my book, Becoming Free. I have a chapter called Relationships as Mirrors. And I think all of our relationships are a mirror for us. And if we will sit and if we can look back at the conversations we've had and how we've done things, we can see ourselves in the mirror. I, I think that's a wonderful concept. I love that. Kudos to you for saying that. Oh, thank you. And I, I just want to add, I've heard that mantra before you teach people how to treat you. The one thing I don't know that I've done yet is taken a look at all of my relationships and decided, am I happy about the way this person is treating me? And how is it that I've trained them to treat me this way? Or how do I want to quote unquote retrain them if I want to be treated another way? So that I, you know, thank you for that hit because I got that hit um, while you were explaining the mantra. So that was very valuable. And, you know, the other thing I think is it's important for me uh, when I when I do therapy with someone, I think we can either come to a relationship as a child or we can come to a relationship as an adult to adult. And the thing that makes the difference is for us to be able to say the process of what we see going on. So as you confront these relationships that you don't know if they're just how you want, you can say to somebody, you know, it seems to me that this is what's happening in our relationship. Do you see it that way? How do you look at it? And then you see you're coming to be with someone in an adult to adult way rather than Mm. a parent child way. Right. right. Because not many people respond well when you come at them like that. (laughs) There you go. If I'm the critical parent, I'm, I'm, I'm thrown out the door to begin with. Right. You're going to, what's going to come back at you is a petulant child. Perfect. And if that's what you want, <laughs> you know, awesome. And what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead, right? There's no perfect format that you have to follow. We're all different. We're all going to lead differently. So Christy, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I'm kind and gentle. I'm very gentle in what I do and I can step back and see the process I uh, can talk to people on an adult-to-adult relationship. I like to say process to people. I just and the reason I think uh, on, my practice was successful. It was it was I it was very busy one, and I was really humbled by that. I just didn't see myself as being that kind of a person. But I am just I'm gentle in what I do, and so then when people come to you and they are attacking and blaming or whatever, you can stand back and let them do their thing and then say, now, how does that come across to somebody? So in a gentle way, you can even confront people who are angry and confrontational, addictive people and those kind of things. So I'm kind and gentle in what I do. I love most of all my writing. I I just adore writing. I don't like the marketing part of it it so well, except when I have an opportunity to to talk with you like this. This This is really fun for me. Uh, so I, I really enjoy that. But I do like my writing. I have a, a blog and I have my books that are out there and I'm working on some new projects. And I, so I just love that part of my life. Oh, well, this is probably a good segue because what I want to know is what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, I have several books that are out there and people can go to my website to find those. But the project that I'm working on now 
are some little picture books that are self-help picture books for kids. And usually you think, well, our kids have got to be older to do that kind of thing. But I found when I worked with children in my practice that sometimes even with abuse survivors, kids that have been sexually abused, it only took one or two sessions for them to be able to pull out of it. All they have to do is change their thinking right quick and get through their feelings. And so you give them some clay to pound or some sand to work through for a few minutes. And we don't have time to talk about art therapy, but that's an important thing. Um, and kids are kids are through it. So that I have these little picture books on bullying and and feelings and whining and just a lot of uh, several things like that that hopefully will be out in the next couple of years. And I put um, a self help for parents and kids at the end of that. So I'm really excited about that project. In, uh, sorry, I keep going on too long, but I just want to say one thing about that. Um, my little bullying book, I think, is good, and it's different than most bullying books you you find because I I say in there we or I use the concept I don't say, but I use the concept of we teach other people how to treat us. So in the little bullying book, we have kids practice standing tall and looking other people in the eye and being able to smile at others, and you see that's half the half of the battle of getting through mm-hmm. these these bullying things. So I love. That we teach other people how to treat us mantra. I think that's good. I love how you're tying the two together. That is very cool. And it's my impression that kids um, are better able than adults to work through their thoughts and feelings because they don't judge them um, and they don't resist them as much as adults True, do. So, yeah, so they must be a lot of fun to work they with. They are wonderful. Okay. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So, Christy, tell us, what is one practice that makes you a better leader? I have to do my um, daily meditation. That is important for me. I, it, and people can do it however they want. It can be a religious study if you'd like. Um, it can be a combination of meditation and religion, whatever you want. It can be just plain meditation. But I need to do that every day because I have to fill myself with light and love. And as I fill myself with light and love, then I keep my thinking in a positive vein so I don't slip into depression. Mm. And what is one book that you would recommend to another woman who wants to develop her own leadership? Well, I, I tried to think back in, in my life of the thing that really made the difference, the most difference. And I have to say it's Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. And I know it isn't written by a woman, but I, I just have to say that's the one that pulled me out when I was in the depth of depression. It doesn't have to be by a woman because we're going to have men on this podcast as well, because I am a firm believer they have much to offer us, as do other women. And it's going to take both genders working together. And that is a fabulous book. And what is your favorite healthy food? Well, I... Um, I love to make granola, and we do love granola, and you can make it any way you want. I do recommend that you get good, good quality oats and you use good quality honey and, and whatever you want to put in it, then nuts and, and fruits and whatever. I, and my, I have my recipe that I, I sent to you so you can look at yeah. mine, but you can also do your own. And then I have to also put a good plug in there. I love yams and I love salad, so those are kind of my three <laughs> favorites. Three favorites. <laughs> If you can't leave them out, then you know what? Just throw them all in there. Gotta put them in there. 
<laughs> and knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? Well, I think the most important thing would be to me that I would have done this earlier, that I would have come to this um, process a little bit earlier in my life. But you know what? It's worked out for the best, and I'm happy that it did because I can really help other people because I know the path they've walked on. So I'm happy that it worked out the way it did, but I would have done it earlier. What would you have done to start the process earlier? I'm thinking of the woman who is listened to your intro and thought, oh my gosh, that's who I am. But she's not, she hasn't, you know, gotten any chance to intervene in it yet. What, what would you recommend to her? Um, I, I think reading is something that's very important to me to find some, some books with women's issues that are helpful. And also I would say my sweet darling therapist that I absolutely adored um, changed my life. And so I think either one of those two reach out to other people and it doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a wonderful friend that you talk with that you begin to shed your invisibility, but find somebody that you have a synergistic relationship with and then just begin to shed that, shed that invisibility shield. Mm. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I already told you this. And so this isn't a surprise. <laughs> we teach other people how to treat us or we teach others how to treat us. And do you know where that came from? I don't know where that came from. I've never looked it up. I should do that. I should do a search I, on it. I'm, I'll probably do a search on We teach others how to treat us. I have That has been... Um, something I've been hearing for the last several years and probably goes back to when I was in coach training, but I don't remember hearing it much before. And this might be an anonymous quote, but if there's someone we can attribute it to, I would like to attribute it That's to them. Good. It's very powerful. It is. And I'll do a search on it today. And of course, not that we can trust everything on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but I'll see what I can find and I'll email it to you. You just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Christy, lastly, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Well, the, probably the easiest is to go to my website, www.christymonson.com, and that's C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And you can email me. I love to hear from readers and listeners. And, and the other thing, if you go to my website, there I, the three self-help books that I have out are on there and you can click on any one of the books like if you click on the becoming free book then there are six articles that you can download on procrastination and um decision making and depression and uh, so things like that and then if you click on the other books like if you click on the family talk book uh, which is about family issues it will talk about communication issues and then my little love hugs and hope it's a picture book to help kids through tragedy, there's downloads for divorce and death and um, tragedy in a child's life. So um, download those free articles if you want. You can find me on Twitter at Christy Monson or Facebook at Christy Monson Arthur. And I would love to connect with, with your listeners. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. And Christy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Jody, thank you so much for having me. It really has been a pleasure for me. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? 
Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.